Well, you know, uh, when I saw the topic of your book, it seemed like it was something uh, that uh, uh, my my listeners would be interested in. Um, you know, as I mentioned already, you know, we've sort of uh, come upon the thinking that, uh, you know, the right hemisphere of the brain is the, I guess what, you know, for lack of a better word, we would call the feminine hemisphere while the left is the more masculine. But is, uh, I guess let's just start right off the top. Is is that a fallacy in your opinion? And why or why not? No, I absolutely agree with you. Um, In Writing my book, I compiled a list of characteristics of the left hemisphere and the right hemisphere. And, and basically what, what I'm talking about here is, is the operating system. Uh, and it's this operating system that operates the various modules of the brain, there's one on, on each side, and uh, each of these systems have characteristics, and the uh, characteristic uh, actions of the right hemisphere are what we think of as as uh, feminine characteristics. There, there are other characteristics besides some of the ones we associate with gender, but all of the ones that we associate with the feminine gender are in the right hemisphere. Okay. And, um, you know, uh, I, I, I believe a while back when the book The Alphabet and the Goddess came out, I think that was the title, and forgive me, I can't remember the author's name, um, there was a lot of talk about the fact that, um, you know, people, were, people started using the right hemisphere of their brain less when writing came to be. Um, do you, it, it is, uh, I mean, I, I wonder what you think about that. Is, you know, could that be true? Was that, you know, when, it, it, you know, as we evolved uh, or became more educated, if you will, um, is that when we sort of um, started to lean more on the left hemisphere of our brain? Well, that makes sense from a cultural perspective. Uh, we're informed uh from two sources, and one is our own brain, and the other is the brains of our culture, our friends, our parents, our educators, our peers. And so we have these two sources, and the the cultural uh, source, I can see that changing when we, uh, when when culture started focusing on language, because that does take one more into the the left hemisphere, but as far as our innate uh, leanings, I think that it's probably uh, the case that most the women have long been right brain dominant and most men are left brain dominant, and that is a genetic factor set up by genetic dominance. So there's always these two factors of what our own brain is telling us and what our culture is telling us. And what our brain tells us is is genetically acquired, and what our culture tells us depends on where we're born. If our, you know, both in our family, or if our family could be uh, right brain dominant, and our culture could be left brain dominant, 
or if we in in India, for example, is a more right brain dominant culture, we might have a right brain dominant family and a right brain dominant culture. Hmm. Well, the, well, that uh, that's curious. So, what happens to you if you grow up in a right brain dominant family, but you're living in a left brain dominant culture? Does that make you more balanced? Well, all else being equal, it would tend to do so because, especially in our culture, uh, it's it's very left brain dominant, and left brain dominance men have set up our institutions of learning based on their left brain dominant ways of seeing things so we tend to teach women the the culture the greater culture tends to to teach men and women to be more left brain dominant but uh, if our family is is otherwise then then that would help educate us uh, about right brain values and it's the right brain that we we tend not to understand and tends to get ignored. So so that would be that would be helpful in achieving balance. Well, you know, um and, and really, you know, maybe I kinda jumped into the pond in the middle here rather than wade in. Uh I'm realizing now um I shouldn't assume that all of our listeners are gonna uh automatically know the difference between the characteristics of the right brain uh or the left brain. Uh maybe you could um uh you know, just kinda you know, give a little list of the I, I guess you'd say the values or the attributes. Uh, that would go to the left and the right, uh, the left and the right dominant brain. Sure, and I, I like to start from a very fundamental perspective, and the, the really big picture. And the big, the biggest picture is that the uh, right brain gives us the big picture, the holistic view, and I call it the holistic hemisphere. It it shows us all of our information. At once, our left brain uh, gives us what I call dualistic consciousness, and it and it's a more focused consciousness. And what we see from the big picture, and we want to focus in on and get more information about, uh, the left brain does that for us. Uh, the left brain is analytical; it it breaks things apart, and it it's separatist and separative, and people who are have a left brain dominance tend to see us as separate units, and they we we see that whereas people who are right brain dominant tend to see us more as as a as a unity. We we see us as brothers and sisters, and left brain people are are impersonal. And oh, and let, let me let me set one other fundamental thing, and that is that the two sides complement one another. So what one does, the other doesn't do, and but together they do everything. So the left hemisphere is impersonal, and the right hemisphere focuses us on the personal aspects of life. So that's why you see that um, women who tend to be right brain dominant are more interested in in the personal aspects of things, whereas men tend to be more immaterial. That's why men 
like to focus on automobiles and uh, and football. Men men get focused in on on games and things like that and materialism. Okay. That's why men are so money oriented. And the left brain is egoic, whereas the right brain is altruistic and 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 uh, looks after everyone. And the uh, left brain is skeptical. The right brain is trusting. The left brain is violent and warlike when provoked. And the right brain is peaceful. Uh, the right brain tends to be caring, whereas the left brain is controlling and competitive. So that's some of the examples of some of the differences. I could go well, on. Yeah, those well, yeah, and and a lot of what you've said is, uh, you know, we're totally on the same page, and I think probably a lot of my listeners are out there shaking their head up and down, going, "Yes, yes, um, uh, that that's exactly what we thought." And well, and you're reminding me of a study. Uh, I want to say it was done somewhere like Berkeley, UCLA. I, I can't uh, recall for sure now. Uh, it's been a while since I spoke about it. But when you talked about the right brain is more more holistic, um, and uh, well, and, and I usually kind of describe the left brain as a little bit more tunnel vision, uh, you know, analytical. Uh, it, it, it reminds me of the study that said that women and men's eyes are even different uh, with rods and cones. Uh, and I want to say that men had the rods in their eyes, and I think it was women had the cones, or it might have been just the opposite, I forget. But even in the way they see, literally see, women tend to have a, uh, have a view of, um, you know, kind of all around, you know, sort of an all around type view where men sort of just single vision straight ahead. Um, and I, I wonder if physically um, those two things are tied together. Do uh, you know? Do you know the eyes and the left and the um, you know the left and the right brain um, structure? Did, did, does that? I, I don't know if I even asked that correctly. Did that make any sense? It does. the The left brain is is linear. That's what a focus is. When you think about your focus, you're looking straight towards something. And just imagine a, a line between your consciousness and the object you're looking at. So it's very linear, whereas the right brain sees the context and it sees the 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 surround every everything around it. It it, it takes in all all of our knowledge at once. Even though we might not be aware of it, but if we if we want to be aware of it, it's the side that's going to put everything together. It makes the connections. So, so this may be sort of a, a chicken, uh, chicken or the egg, you know, kind of a question. Um, but would you say the dominance of patriarchy uh, is what has us in this left-brain dominant world, and you know, all the ensuing? Um, Calamities and ills and suffering because of it, um, or or was there something else? 
I mean, could it have been uh, like the idea of, you know, language uh, and writing just sort of, sh- you know, automatically shifted us there? I mean, what's, what have you found out, or what are your theories? Well, men, because they are physically dominant, have been in control of, of our culture, and they have, as I pointed out before, they have set up the institutions of learning based on how they see things, and they see things uh, in this focused, linear way uh, that's materialistic and and aggressive. And, and so uh, what you say makes a lot of sense. Okay. Um, well, I... I it, I, I guess, you know, the next logical question is, you know, um, what are your thoughts on bringing the two into harmony? Because obvious, as you said, you know, they complement one another. Um, you know, I've often, you know, said when I've given talks about this sort of thing that, uh, you know, because, you know, women do need more left brain, men do need more right brain, in, you know, to, so that both genders can become more whole. You know, I often liken it to, say, the woman who's a great artist, you know, she's using her right brain to be able to create uh, and be this wonderful artist, but she needs her left brain to handle the business end of uh, of her art if she wants to be, you know, out there in the world and successful and, you know, she's not just doing it for her pleasure. Um, you know, how, how do you, um, uh, you know, how, you know, what have you come upon, uh, you know, to enlighten us in terms of, you know, how we can uh, maybe encourage, um, I, let's let's say, men out there, uh, patriarchy, uh, you know, this dominator ex- exploitative society that we live in. What we what can we do to make them value the right brain? Uh, ideals, uh, and not see that, you know, all of those values is just weakness. Well, it comes down to education, which is pretty much the answer for any of our problems. Um, the, The left brain is skeptical, and it wants to be in control. And it doesn't want to, and it's also the, the side of the brain that is that takes care of our security, and and it's also the side that's that's energized by fear. Again, they're the complements. The left side is energized by fear, and the right side is energized by love. So I think uh, fear is probably the the primal force at work here, and we need to find a way. Uh, to use love to somehow assuage the fears of men that women are going to take over the world and and men are going to lose control. And uh, you, and I and I think getting rid of the fear uh, is is the is the main thing. And but. They need to understand the right. They need to understand what motivates women, and they need, they need to understand right brain processes. They need to understand their own right brain, and because uh, we 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 fight what we fear. So 
I think the fear needs to be addressed, and men need to not be afraid of women, which, and they need to learn. Again, I mean, I'm kind of going in circles here, but I want to emphasize this, this process, and uh, we just need to to help men understand because they don't understand and they're afraid. Yeah. Well, and I, I remember reading about the amygdala in the brain, and um, and this kind of gets away from the male-female gender thing, and it goes more into the uh, stereotypical liberal versus conservative. And the conservative usually has the amygdala um, that's very fear-based, and the liberal tends to be the one that uh, is more willing to take risks and more intellectually curious. Um, so it seems to me the conservative is living in the left brain dominant, while the liberal, um, you know, we're talking generalities here, um, the so-called liberal is maybe living in uh, more right brain dominance. Absolutely. That that's what uh, I that's what all of the all of my research points toward. Uh, when you uh, when you think about the, the the right brain, it serves the collective, and and that's the goal of of liberals. They they want to help others. They care about others, uh, and they they're more uh, love oriented and uh, more trusting. And so there, there, there is this this divide in the way that the hemispheres uh, inform us. Now, of course, we're also informed by our culture, by our parents, and, and these these different directions get get uh, mitigated by by other forces. So, not every I mean, so there there are various degrees of being liberal, and as as there are various degrees of being right brain dominant. Uh, I'm talking, we're talking about left and right, but there is a uh, sort of a continuum between them. It, it's hard to discuss the the mixtures, so it's real, so it's much more easier to discuss the excesses and the, the extremes of left and right brain dominant, but. Uh, most of us are some combination of, of the two. Does that make sense? Well, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does make sense. I mean, um, and, and, you know, I hate to bring it to politics again, but that's the liberal, but economically conservative. Um, yeah. Um, or it, it, I mean, is that is that an accurate example of the maybe the overlap of uh, between the two well the phone cut out for about five seconds and i missed part of your question oh okay um i'm sorry about that um so what i was saying was you were talking about that there's like a gray area in between uh and you know we're not all left brain or all right brain you know in the gray area i'm i'm calling it the gray area uh you know there's there's a bit of overlap and i suggested that maybe an example of that is the person who is socially uh socially liberal uh but economically uh conservative uh yes that that 
that kind of describes me. I'm, I'm a natural left brain dominant person, and so I guess uh, I'm very egoic uh, to to begin with. But but I have tried to expand my uh, as I understand the values uh, of, that the right brain gives us. Uh, it has softened me, and so there's this because. You know, I value love over fear, and I choose love over fear. When I have questions come up, I often ask, well, what's the loving thing to do, and what's the fearful thing to do? And so I, so that pulls me into the liberal camp. So I, I, I want to help people, but I recognize, but the conservative side of me recognizes, well, we can't let everyone into this country that wants to be in here. Uh, there, there's, there's always this yin and yang to every question, and there, there are excesses that we can get into, and we can be too fearful of letting immigrants in, for example, and we can be too liberal letting them get in. Right, so it, right. It, it, it depends on, on how we've been taught and, and what our brain is telling us. Well, you know, it's another reminder of that uh, that important piece of wisdom, you know, moderation in all things. You know, we really do need to have a good balance, uh, whatever we're, we're talking about. Um, well, well, let me uh, ask you, James, is there um, – have you run across ways uh, to um, help encourage more right-brain thinking, especially maybe among men? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm thinking that that's a. It's I don't have a good answer other than education. See, because yeah. I what I what I see is that the two sides complement one another, so they can really work together. But left brain dominant people are competitive, and so they they see this as an us or them choice, and so it's a, it's the the liberal way or the conservative way. And a true liberal understands that there are values to conservative. Uh, there, there are valid conservative values, and there are valid liberal values, and that we need to find a balance. If you're left-brain dominant, you tend to be uh, afraid of, of learning. You, you don't want to change. You know. The, the self-preservation side of you thinks that you don't need to bring in new liberal ideas, that the ideas that, that you have work just fine. And that's right. because they just don't see the possibilities. They don't see the, the bigger picture. And somehow right. we need to break through that. Well, you know, there was a, a picture that was uh, floating around Facebook this week, and uh, it was one of these um, billboards out front a Christian church, and uh, you know, they, where they usually like put little messages or Bible verses or something. And uh, the saying on it was, "The more you're educated, the further you are away from God." And that strikes me as a very fearful 
uh, place to come from. You know, being afraid of education, um, uh, you know, and, and I know there's this tendency to think that religious people, spiritual people, are anti-intellectual. You know, I get that. Um, but I, I guess what a, what a horrible idea to promote that education is a bad thing that would take you away from God. Uh, it, it feels like the height of, of, of fear to me to be perpetuating something like that. Yes, and, and that reminds, uh, you reminded me of something um, that kind of answers the previous question. In uh, doing research for this show, I, I listened to your interview with Kate Montana, and you all talked about the ego, and, and she said that, and she pointed out that left brain people are relatively isolated because the left brain is, is separative. And uh, to to bridge that gap, what I think we need to do is to be more appreciative. We need to find out. We we need to look at at the at the, the the good parts that is coming out of the conservative side of of the brain and the conservatives, and and appreciate that and. And make friends with these people. Instead, we, we've the liberals, like the conservatives, have gotten caught up in demonizing one another. And mm-hmm. uh, I noticed after, after the Trump election, some of the most hateful people were my liberal friends, and that was one of my greatest disappointments that come out of that. Because uh, I, I think there is, and as you all talked about in in, in the Kate Montana interview there there is something possibly good that's going to come out of this and that is that the left brain people the conservatives are starting to see how bad some of their ideas are they're they're going to such extremes they're getting so polarized that even uh republicans are starting to criticize republican ideas and you know i haven't seen that in my whole lifetime I don't remember seeing that like I've seen uh, Republicans or conservatives. Well, yeah, talking, I mean, uh, talking just, about uh, other, you know, complaining about understanding that, that some of these things are just not right. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the the uh, well, yeah, and Joe Scarborough, I mean, high profile Republican, uh, just announced on Stephen Colbert's show uh, this week that he was uh, he was leaving the Republican Party and he was going to be an independent. Um, but yeah, I think you know, I think you're totally right. And um, and you know, I don't know if you know my politics, but I've been a uh, I've been a Bernie Sanders supporter, and he is a great independent that has been able to work with both sides. So I think you know he's an example of somebody who has the magic to be able to find co- that common ground. Uh, I think is another way of saying what uh, what you were saying before. You know, as we as we suggest, you know, liberals try to, uh, you know, find something that they like about conservatives to, um, you know, to maybe bring them together. And, you know, the irony of all of this, I think, is, um, you know, and I wanted to talk about how religion, you know, fits into all of this, because religion obviously, um, you know, 
uh, influences uh, brain dominance. But, you know, something went wrong, and I'm not sure where it happened. I'm sure a religion scholar could you know, put their finger on it. Something went wrong in Christianity. Uh, I think probably a few decades ago, uh, maybe maybe longer, maybe longer than that. Uh, yeah, maybe even shoot. Maybe it goes back as far as the uh, you know the pilgrims hitting you know hitting the shores of the United States. Because I'm thinking about my uh, interview with uh, uh, Jack Dempsey uh, last week. But uh, this idea that um uh well first of all i think christianity conservative christianity is very fear based i mean they're afraid of religion they're afraid of women uh they seem to be you know intolerant in a lot of cases of other religions and i think intolerance is just another symptom of fear um but 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 the idea of love which comes from jesus you know, this idea, what would Jesus do? Uh, I think that's why so people, so many people get frustrated with Christianity and, and religion is because um, they've rationalized these ideas uh, that don't seem to be in keeping with Jesus and his message of love. You know, it's like they've turned Christianity into something uh, totally foreign to the guy who was supposed to have started it all, you know, and, and in doing so, you know, and, and I guess in doing so, they've, um, uh, you know, they, they, they're, they're in that, you know, competitive, fearful mode rather than the love, the love, tolerance, and inclusivity mode. Yes, uh, religion is run by left brain dominant well mostly left brain dominant men uh it's a it's a competitive endeavor and the left brain's the competitive uh brain and and if you're competitive if you're left brain dominant uh you're competitive and you're more and, and you're aggressive and so these type of people tend to rise to the top so we we have a lot of uh male ego driven separative uh, competitive men uh, running religion, and it, it's just just the opposite of the way it, it should be. Religion should be run by women because they're holistic and they're they're unifying and and energized by love. So it's just ironic that I mean that's really what's wrong with religion. It's it's men. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, and 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 I want to. You know, I, I want to make sure we say here uh, because it's it you know it sort of comes across as if we're lumping all men in the same barrel. Uh, because believe me, I you know my listeners have probably heard me say before, unless they're new to the show. You know, I've had more grief in my lifetime from nasty, insidious women than I have had uh, bad times with uh, men, you know, trying to marginalize me or discriminate against me. You know, definitely my, my wounds are from women, not from men. So, and I think that was an important lesson uh, so that we don't fall into the thinking that all women are good and all men are bad. Um, you know, Absolutely. because you look... Yeah, you know, you look at the Margaret Thatchers of the world, you know, you look at the, uh, you know, uh, 
oh, what is it? Who is it? Phyllis Shively, that uh, you know, that uh, that conservative woman. Uh, I mean, or, or any of any of the women out there, in a way, I guess, who aren't. Uh, looking out for equality and justice, you know, for for women. Uh, in my mind, they are somehow, um, you know, maybe more. Uh, you know, I, I guess it could get into intersectionality. You know, it, you know, maybe it's their their religion that's made them this way. But you know, they aren't really reflective of that uh, compassionate loving, nurturing, feminine, right brain side that we're talking about, you know, even though they, they are the female gender. And likewise, look at men like, uh, you know, the Dalai Lama or Jimmy Carter or, I'm, you know, I'm sure, you know, we all know, you know, great men who um, do embody these ideas uh, just like they're women who don't. Well, thank you for pointing that out. After I said that, I, I thought I sounded pretty polarizing. You know, I'm, I, when I say, um, you know, but, but aggressive males have gotten to the top of religion, and they tend to, to direct it. But there are a lot of good men uh, within the, the religions down in, maybe especially in the lower ranks, uh, that, that are doing great things and, and, and are holistic and um, you know again I'm just kind of talking about the the extremes but uh, but thank you for or, or you that know we're out. making yeah I mean we're kind of making generalities here you know yes. um, yeah. uh, but but you know it is it is you know and sometimes my women friends get angry you know when they hear me say this you know but I always point to you know, uh, Phyllis Chesler's uh, book, Women's Inhumanity to, to Women, and it's sometimes in women's communities, it's kind of the elephant in the living room, you know. Uh, they want to believe that there's this wonderful sisterhood out there, but that's not always the case. Um, and, you know, and, and we need to be honest about that so that we can, you know, we're, you know, we need to be transparent about everything as far as I'm concerned. And I kind of think that's another maybe uh, right-brain feminine aspect where uh, sometimes I see, you know, maybe the more conservative, fearful left brain as the ones that kind of want to keep the secrets so, you know, they can maybe hold on to power or whatever it is, you know, that yes, they're... Um... Yeah, go ahead. Yes, and well, the... You know, I, I mentioned that, that men have taught women to think like men, so there are a lot of women who you're talking, you spoke of women who have given you a lot of grief. Uh, a lot of women have been taught to be aggressive and, and act like men and in, in that sense of being uh, e egotistic and, and dominating. And so that's, that's partly cultural, cultural. But in my research, I also discovered something that, that I haven't heard anyone else talk about, and that is that information comes in, and there's, there's a brain dominance to information coming in, and men and women are basically split half and half. But there's also an outgoing dominance. When we take information in, we, we process it, and then we send it back out into the world to inform others of what we think. And that's another 
that's subject to another dominance. And one of the reasons scientists have been slow to accept that half of the women are, are rough, roughly half of the women are right brain dominant is because of handedness studies. The 90% of women uh, write with their right hand, and that suggests that they are left brain dominant. So that has confused science and, and, and scientists. But what I've discovered is that that is an output. How we write reflects the way we output information. So my belief is that half that for in, incoming information, half is half and half men and women. But for outgoing information, somewhere 70 to 90 percent of us are left brain dominant, and so that includes women. So when you're interacting with women, and women act aggressive, and they act in in this masculine, uh, egotistic. Uh, they have an egotistic response. They're really, they may, they actually may be left brain dominant for information output. Hmm. It's kind of complicated. Well, yeah. Well, and you know, it. Uh, I, 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 I think I got what you meant, and it made me think about a conversation I was having this week uh, with a woman who was lamenting the fact that there aren't more women in politics. That you know, there aren't more women in leadership. And I wonder. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure somebody's written about this. I, I you know, I don't profess to have read everything out there, but I have not stumbled across anything that suggested. Uh, but now I'm starting to wonder, James. Um, I wonder if more women aren't seeking uh, leadership in academia, politics, uh, corporate America, uh, because they're uh, they're turned off by these being arenas of left brain dominance. You know, because maybe they their tendency is to be. Uh, more right-brained, so it only attracts that sort of corporatist, um, you know, uh, uh, competitive, uh, you know, the the women who act like the men kind of women. And of course, I'm speaking in generalities too. You know, I'm sure there there are are some great women politicians who don't do this. Um, but it, I, I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, I think that one of the reasons we have had trouble coming, figuring this out is because it is so complex and there are all of these factors uh, coming into play, the, the, the influence of the culture and the influence of our own brain and the variations in that and the differences between information input and information output, it's made it all very complex, and I've tried to simplify it. And when you, you understand it, it is fairly simple, but but uh, the left brain is, is certainly alive and well in women, even, even right brain dominant women, because, uh, well, it needs to be, you know, as... The, the the ego gives us our sense of self, and we need that. Even if we're right brain dominant, we need to. There are times when we need to take care of ourselves, and we need to uh, stand up for our values. And so, um, 
I, I want to I, I want to make sure that we understand that both sides of the brain are very valuable, and, and even though sometimes the one side or the other can go into excess and cause problems, both sides are there for good reasons. And if we use the qualities of the left brain and the right brain as they are intended to be used, and we use them with respect to one another, then we set ourselves on a path toward peace and whole brain thinking. Right, right. Well, and and you know, I, I again, you know, I'm just thinking out loud here. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm not saying that this is absolute, but just uh, you know, kind of food for thought. Um, you know, when we think about the stuff we get from the left brain, it's sort of the survival stuff. It's the stuff we need to kind of get things done. The right brain stuff, yeah, we need it because that enhances our life. That's where the quality of life, I think, in a way, comes in. So, yeah, you want both. But, you know, when we're living in this dominator, uh, predator capitalistic, uh, exploitative culture um, that doesn't really teach us to value our quality of life. I, I mean, I, I hate to say that, but you don't have people going around saying, how's your quality of life? Instead, you have people going around saying, oh, no, it's the norm that you should have to work two jobs and then still don't have enough money to pay the bills. You know, uh, it, it's the norm that you should sacrifice. It's the norm that you should endure. Um you know, I, I don't know. That feels like that may factor into it as well because we're so much in just survival mode, which I feel like is more in keeping with the left brain. Um, and we don't um, we, we we don't cultivate the right brain because that almost, uh, you know, that's not the survival side. You know, that's the creative side. That's the nurturing side, the compassionate side. I hate to say it, but it's almost the things you you could live without, and how many people are forced to really live without those qualities in their life? I don't know. Does that make any sense at all, or is that just crazy yeah, absolutely. talk? Absolutely, <laughs> you're you're right on target. It's and it's the when when school administrators are looking to cut costs, it's the you know it's the music department and the art department that that gets kept first, you know, the quality of life side, because it's it's not really understood by the survival-oriented uh, left brain side of of the school administration. And so you're no, you're absolutely right on. Yeah, and and you know, and and again, I mean, this is going to sound um, maybe even conspiracy theorist like but you know sometimes i feel like the powers that be out there like to keep us down like to keep us desperate like to keep us struggling because then we're less apt to rise up against them you know so um you know they they sort of perpetuate this um, left brain dominance, this uh, fear, this competition, uh, rather than integrating the right brain stuff, the enhancements, the uh, the creativity, the uh, the quality of life stuff. Um, 
because I I think maybe we're easier to control if we're, you know, coming from that that you know that left brain survival mode. Well, certainly we, we are easier to control, and uh, I think I think that these left brain competitive people are are they're they're. They just want to be in control, and there's never enough. When when you're really competitive, when you're uh, and and there's so many millionaires around, you you want to be a millionaire. And once you get to be a millionaire, then you look at the billionaires and you, you think, well, I want to be a, a billionaire. There, there's just never enough when you when you get caught up in in the right brain. I mean, in the left brain. And yeah. The left brain is a closed system, and whereas the right brain is is uh, is run by a an open system, and so research has shown that people who are left brain dominant make decisions based on what they already know, what they what information that they trust, whereas right brain people are open to new things, new information. That's all new information comes into our right brain and then it's sent to the left brain for processing and then it comes back to the right brain or if you're left brain dominant well you just kinda of stays there. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. You know, um I, I meet with a wisdom circle group uh once a month and a lot of our topics tend to be around the idea of alternative history, you know, or alternative thought. You know, things that they don't teach you in school, but, gee, you sure suspect that maybe they should have been. You know, like maybe the history by Howard Zinn or, um, you know, all of those out-of-place artifacts that maybe point to, um, you know, the history of the world maybe not being exactly the way we were taught. And you can see the, the right brain person can take that information in and not feel threatened by it, but that would probably really rock the world of the, you know, the left brain dominant person who uh, doesn't like to take in that sort of new information. Well, and, and they're, they're afraid of new information, afraid they could be, be uh, tricked. The left brain is shown to be our skeptical brain, uh, and that's that's part of uh, the self-preservation aspect of the left brain. And so, uh, left brain people, uh, unless unless they understand the value of right brain thinking, are, are really kind of trapped in the, the left brain. Uh, and the way the way to help them out is to to make friends with them uh, somehow and to get them to to respect you and, and listen to you because the, ref, the 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 left brain is logical. I mean it it's looking for I mean it's it's open to answers if it can be convinced. Let me put it that way. Well, it, it's. Well, it, I, I guess the, the only reason that um, I, I, I want to believe that, and you're probably right, and maybe what's going on in the world right now is just an anomaly, but you find um, so many people who are closed-minded even to real facts. 
you know, that they, you know, you can't even convince them, uh, like uh, trickle-down economics, for instance. You know, you can't convince them that that hasn't worked and statistics prove it doesn't. And, you know, by uh, just continuing to give tax cuts to the rich, that's not going to rebuild the middle class. You know, those, those kinds of things. You know, sometimes it seems that facts don't uh, really, uh, they really can't penetrate uh, maybe that uh, that conservative um, left brain bubble. Well, research has shown that the uh, there's a willingness to accept absurd ideas by the left brain, uh, split brain. Several uh, split brain experiences have shown that, whereas the left brain uh, tries to make someone else take the responsibility because it doesn't want it doesn't want to be it, it's focused on itself so it doesn't want to take responsibility uh, for for its actions and you, you kind of reminded me of one of my uh, had ideas and that is that most of us are dishonest with ourselves uh, I have I have come across this time and time again it doesn't always show up but uh, I know back in my 30s uh, I discovered that I was being dishonest with myself and I I look back at that as one of the most profound experiences of my life and like a couple of years later I had that same experience once again and that really changed me and made me question myself and um, and I have some fairly good friends that are that I think are intelligent people and and they're honest with other people but every once in a while I find them being dishonest with themselves and I don't think it matters whether you're left brain dominant or right brain dominant uh, but if you're left brain dominant and you're dishonest with yourself you're you're in a worse situation because you're not open to new ideas Right, right. Well, and, you know, you're making me think of a friend of mine, um, uh, this guy I was uh, friends with for a really long time. He came from a, uh, you know, evangelical conservative family, but he believed himself to be a liberal now. And uh, and until, you know, we got into, um, you know, a, a, this debate, and he said, well, Karen, I just think you're too outspoken. And I thought to myself, he's he's a liberal guy, he's a feminist guy, <laughs> and he's going to tell tell a woman she's too outspoken. And yeah. and I'm thinking to myself, you know, maybe, you know, that's, a, that's kind of an example of how people can lie to themselves. You know, they, they think, they, they want to, they see themselves as one way, when in fact, um, you know, maybe they're not so much. Well, yes, and and also, the, what is liberal and what is conservative is, is a is a relative uh, measure that shifts. I mean, what what's uh, liberal in in a uh, conservative country like like uh, some of the Middle Eastern countries, uh, like Saudi Arabia, is is uh, is very different in a Western culture. So. In a, in a more liberal culture, so, but yeah, you're 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, well, that's 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 a, a really good point of context. You know, uh, you know, it could it can really mean vastly different things, and and uh, you know, dependent on where you are. Um, well, James, we're we're starting to get close to the end of our hour here. Um, I did want to ask um, if how does understanding the brain hemispheres help in our uh, our personal relationships? You know, with our partners, was there was there anything we, you know, maybe haven't hit on already? Um, some tips that uh, might be useful to listeners. Well, keep always keep in mind that the your your opponent, or if, if you're speaking with with a partner that uses a different side of the brain, they they really have a different perspective on things, and they have different default responses. So in order to understand where they're coming from, uh, you need to understand, have a better understanding of what they're seeing and why they respond as, as they do. And when you understand that, it's it's easier to be sympathetic, and it's also easier to educate them, and it's easier to not get angry at them uh, because they're they're just telling you what they see, and if it's if it's completely different than what you see, you don't need to be angry at them or think they're dumb or be frustrated because you can't convince them. Uh, but the better we, better conservatives understand liberals and the better liberals understand conservatives and men understand women and women understand men, we, we automatically lessen the conflict and we we make it easier for ourselves to come to to understand one another and to come to agreement and uh, in doing that we we lessen the stress we we lessen the chances that we'll get into a fight and it's a it's a real blessing i mean as my my own experience is that uh when i hear somebody saying something that I disagree with, I just understand. I just accept that that's what they see, and it does. It no longer makes me angry, and and I no longer feel that I I absolutely have to convince them of something else, uh, because you, you often you can't do it unless you really yeah. understand one another, uh, really understand where they're coming from, and that is possible. The 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 neuroscience. Uh, is it has come across a lot of information that wasn't available to us, and and uh, you can learn a lot about the brain uh, that you couldn't learn about even 10 years or 20 years ago, and it's and not enough people uh, recognize that the brain is really the source of our conflict. The, the difference between the way the two sides of the brain understand reality and once we can understand how they complement one another then we can find ways to uh, come together well you know you've you've also made yeah and you've made me think about something else as well you know i've been frustrated for so long with uh, uh with the passivity 
of the Democratic Party. You know, uh, recently Bill Maher said on television, you know, we used to say the Democrats, uh, you know, took a knife to a gunfight, you know, when they were trying to battle it out with Republicans. But, you know, now we've started to say, well, they bring a covered dish, you know, uh, but but I think we've uncovered the difference here, you know, um, that the left uh, is just not as competitive uh, and fear-based. So it's really not in their nature to go at the Republicans like the Republicans go at the Democrats. That's right. That's absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yes. Well, um, well, well, James, is there anything else um, you think it's important that we know about this that maybe I haven't thought to ask you? I just want to remind everyone to, to respect the other side, to, to understand that everybody knows something that we don't, and Sometimes the people that we, we don't respect just see a sliver of truth, and they, they've caught on to that sliver of truth, and we see the big picture, and we ignore their sliver of truth. And so even though conservatives are very vexing at times, they, they have a purpose, and we need to find that purpose. And if, if you're a conservative lis- listener, and you need to understand that liberals – uh, are doing their best to help us uh, from their perspective, and we we really need to try to love one another, and re- and that starts by respecting one another. Okay, well said. I mean, uh, really, at the end of the day, um, that's uh, that's what it boils down to. I I mean, I know uh, Rianne Eisler is a mentor of mine, and um, you know she talks a lot about the the importance and power of partnership. And when we go through the world, you know, whether we're dealing with our family, our friends, our coworkers, our boss, uh, company to company, country to country, whatever it is, um, you know, you look at situations and you either see partnership or domination, you know, or I like to say, you know, respect or at domination and exploitation. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes that also helps us to know if we're in a toxic relationship, if we're in a toxic job, if we're in a toxic family, uh, you know, should we have healthier boundaries, um, you know, or we, uh, uh, you know, stepping beyond the boundaries in, in, in uh, you know, maybe bullying or dominating or exploiting another person rather than, you know, uh, trying to establish, um, uh, you know, partnership and respect, which I think is more the, you know, the more in the right brain wheelhouse, you know. Um, anyway, I, I, I kind of lost my train of thought there, uh, but but yeah, respect. You were saying, you know, it, it does it does really boil down uh, to respect. If we could find a way to um, have mutual uh, have mutual respect among. Uh, one another. Uh, it it's, it seems to have gotten harder and harder to do that, though, unfortunately. It is, but the the extremes are forcing us to see 
each other in a new light. And, and I think that even though we're going through a really difficult time, that this is probably what we needed in order to to break out of our, our pattern and and especially for, for liberals to stand up and to see that if that if you're passive that see what can happen when you're too passive yeah. when you when you don't when you don't get out there and, and exercise your your egoic left side and, and stand up for yourself. Yeah, exactly. So, do you do you think there's a um, a tale? I, I mean, there there's some sort of a message in here uh, for us about how we ended up with Trump. Uh, yeah, yes. Well, you know, like you, I was a Bernie Sanders supporter, and and like like the majority of people in this country, I want to change, and the uh, the. Uh, a changed candidate won, and a changed candidate was always going to win. And if it's my belief that if Bernie Sanders had run, Bernie Sanders would have won. But the the, the Democrats didn't didn't listen to the people who were who were calling for change. They didn't listen to the conservatives who were demanding change. And and uh, we 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 need to stand up for ourselves, and we need to educate ourselves, and and not assume that someone else is going to take care of it. Right, right. Yeah, we ended up with the wrong change candidate. (laughs) Um, I heard heard today there was a poll out. Uh, Bernie Sanders was on, uh, came on the, I think it was The View, uh, for just a a short little brief moment, and uh, one of the women on The View asked him about 2020 and cited some statistic that said uh, if an election were held between him and Donald Trump right now, he would get like 63% of the vote. And I thought to myself, you know, I I can't help but think he would have got 63% of the vote uh, in 2016, too, if he had only had the chance to run. Oh, well. (laughs) Spilled milk. Um, Well... Um, well, James, I want to mention your website. Uh, it is thewholebrainpath.com, thewholebrainpath.com. And uh, I assume uh, your book can be found at uh, all the usual places? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, well, um, any any last words before I let you go? Well, I'm on Facebook, uh, James Olson Author. You know, please join me if you like. Um but thank you for having me on the sh- your show. All right. Well, thank you so much. I, I really enjoyed our talk, and uh, uh, I appreciate, uh, you know, what we were able to share with listeners tonight. Namaste. Namaste. Well, thank you, dear listeners, uh, for tuning in with me tonight uh, to hear uh, a great uh a great new guest to the show. Uh, and But before you go, I have a word for you from Joe Carson. Most people see humankind as really separate from nature and separate from the earth. I'm as much of this earth as a rock or a tree. And I came out of it. This is my mother planet. I grew out of this earth. As long as we can see.
perceive that divinity is above us or outside of us, or that our bodies are somehow less divine than spirit, there's no way that we can change our course. Well, you've been listening to the trailer for Dancing with Gaia, Joe Carson's feature-length documentary film. In it, she interviews 15 visionaries and teachers about earth energy, sacred sexuality, and the return of the goddess as Gaia. Joe traveled to ancient sacred sites all over Europe and the Mediterranean to shoot this film. These spiritual sites from northern Scotland to central Turkey profoundly affected the origins of Western culture. If you've always wanted to see them yourself, but you haven't, this is a great opportunity to experience some of the best ones and get their story. The DVD comes packaged with a 45-page color mini-book, which goes even deeper into the material. And you can buy the DVD and booklet for only $20 at DancingWithGaia.com. And while we're on the subject of uh, great prices for books, I wanted to mention to you that uh, I have a special going on right now uh, with my own books uh, for till the end of the month uh, for $25. You can actually get uh, two of my books. Uh, you can get Sacred Places of Goddess, 108 Destinations, and Walking an Ancient Path, Rebirthing Goddess on Planet Earth. Uh, if you get those directly from me uh, and you live in the United States, I will ship them to you signed for only $25. And that is a deal. Uh, Walking an Ancient Path, um, uh, the Earth section in there, uh, talked a lot about uh, what we experienced on sacred uh, pilgrimages to goddess sites uh, across uh, continents, you know, uh, different continents and different cultures. Uh, and, of course, Sacred Places of Goddess, 108 Destinations. I still don't think uh, there's anything comparable to it out there uh, between two covers. It, uh, uh, you know, really takes you to goddess sites, um, you know, all across the globe. So uh, think about that. Uh, if you're looking for a good deal and, you know, maybe you haven't planned your summer vacation yet, uh, Sacred Places of Goddess does have uh, directions uh, on how to get to these uh, different places. Uh, while Walking an Ancient Path is more experiential, you know, what happened on these sacred journeys. Uh, so both, $25. And uh, you can go to uh, KarenTate.com. Uh, go to the Goddess Store page, scroll all the way down to the very bottom, the very last button, uh, PayPal button there. You just put the $25 in the PayPal button, and it will get to me, and then I will get the books to you. Uh, while you're there, check out some of the other uh, specials I have on books. Uh, free meditations are also there. Uh, and while you're on my website, look at all the great links that will take you to my YouTube channel. Um, and uh, talks that I've given, uh, papers that I've published, uh, you know, I think a lot of good free stuff there. And um, just a reminder, uh, coming in the fall, uh, probably early October, uh, will be my sixth book, uh, my third anthology, called Awaken the Feminine. 
so you have that to look forward to as well. Well, thank you, dear listeners, for being with me tonight, and I hope you'll be with me again next Wednesday. Uh, I will have with me Raina Manuel Paris, uh, and uh, we're going to be doing uh, the love talk, uh, as she calls it. We're going to be talking about love and all of its uh, many different um, uh, types, Um, from uh, the seven aspects of love as Plato and Aristotle talked about love. Uh, We'll talk about love as God. We'll talk about romantic love. Uh, We'll talk about Eleanor of Aquitaine um, and really how love is the only thing that really changes society. And, of course, that's what we're all aiming to do here. We're looking for a new normal because the normal we got, well, it just ain't working for the most of us. So, Thank you so much uh, for your loyal listening, and I will be back with you again next week. Take care and stay cool. Good night. Oh